A very warm welcome to the Data Professional Stories, a podcast powered by Change Leaders. Our today's guest is Praveen Kumar. He has got 20 years of BFSI expertise, having worked with ICIC Bank and Barclays before transitioning to the IT enterprise side. His finance expertise was critical in supporting the technological platforms and business models developed by technologists. So, Praveen, we are pleased to have you on our show. Thank you, Sneha. Please, yeah, please, please tell us more about yourself, your family background, and then your academy journey. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I had my MBA in '96 with a BSc in mathematics. Uh, I started my career very earlier with a high responsibility for the business house for starting a home appliances business, where uh, you know everything from raising capital to you know purchasing uh, dealerships, staffing, and you know executing the project. Uh, I think this uh, adventure of mine uh, of taking uh, the risk at the very early stage uh, helped me to, you know, find myself uh, in uh, ICICI Bank, where I spent some good amount of time there, and then uh, Barclays happened. But that's post that, you know, when I had uh, sufficient uh, uh, domain expertise mm-hmm. in the banking domain, I made a transition to the, you know, technology side. Okay. And there, I think, um, you know, uh, what um, I, it helped me was like, uh, I worked with uh, uh, companies like Wipro, Intellect, and Suntech, where it gave me an enormous exposure to uh, technology stacks. Okay. What is your area of focus? Yeah, my area of focus would be typically, you know, today, AI and uh, machine learning are, you know, greatly adopted by banks. Now, there is a great amount of uh, stress or great amount of uh, knowledge expertise required to understand this uh, working of this uh, AI models, basically the explainability part of it. And how it connects to the business process is a key uh, requirement. So I come uh, in place over there and help uh, banks to you know actually make uh, the explainability, explainability part more clear and uh, Assure that you know the analytics and machine learning are in line with uh, the business KPIs and goals. Okay, how do you see data science transforming the landscape? Yeah, it is uh, an enormous amount of interest that has been generated in this uh, area. And uh, what I've seen is like you know the econometrics and forecasting of business problems uh, as one area where major uh, you know, application is coming in the banking domain. Of course, the uh, computer vision and natural language processing are also adopting in terms of sentiment analysis and, uh, you know, image recognitions. The third part is like uh, the engineering and MLOps part of uh, machine learning has made a drastic change in terms of how AI is getting actually executed into the, you know, environment. And also, you know, there is a different area of subject matter expertise and product management that is coming up there. It's quite extensive and sophistication. Okay. What are the specific areas of banking where you believe data science will have the most influence in the coming years? Yes, this is a very interesting question, actually. You know, uh, uh, financial institutions have adopted AI technologies and uh, it's a co-foundation today. And in a recent McKinsey report, what uh, they have been talking about is 
the marketing and sales function of the banking is predominantly seeing usage of AI. Mm. Uh, uh, to take an example of uh, what is happening in the marketing and sales part of AI application, you know, banks wanted to see which kind of channels are actually you know more profitable for them when they engage with customers. They also would like to see, you know, what is the churn reduction uh, possible in, in during the customer engagement. That's something which AI is really playing there. The next area where I've seen uh, AI great application is which product to buy and the recommendation part of uh, different products to customers. And also I've seen like, you know, pricing and promotion is a major factor with AI. Thing. Not to mention um, uh, that the fraud analytics part of risk management is also greatly seeing application of AI. And I think the future of uh, AI is going to, you know, uh, greatly improve back office operations of banks. Uh, it helps in uh, better decisions and an innovative uh, process while using uh, uh, data, which is going to be creating a lot of uh, customer engagement that are quite intelligent and very personalized. Okay, what is the extent of this in the future and do you believe it is still flourishing or has reached convergence? See, uh, artificial intelligence has, uh, you know, kind of acted as a main driver of uh, emerging technologies like uh, big data, robotics and IoT. And it is going to be uh, running for a longer time in terms of uh, law of development that is happening. For example, uh, today, if you see in healthcare, uh, you're seeing that, you know, uh, AI is uh, quite getting applied on diagnosing brain tumors yeah. and design, designing what kind of cancer treatment will work best for individuals. And there's going to be an AI that will actually drive personalized medicine and that is going to be happening in the healthcare sector. There's a lot of development happening over there. Yes. Uh, if, if you look for education for that matter, you know, Today, from an image, uh, uh, the AI is able to generate around 25 signals per se. But going forward in the next six, sorry, six to one years, probably the development will happen up to 600, sorry, to 100 and 150 signals uh, from the same image. Now, how it's going to transform for the education sector is today, with the advent of digital uh, education that is uh, driving up, you know, there could be system that could actually identify emotions of students and teachers can identify quickly which student is actually struggling or is getting bored uh, you know you know better tailor in terms of uh, better individual needs so i think there is still convergence not happening it's going to be a longer journey for the uh, the whole activity to happen so we'll see that this century 2021 uh, uh, sorry the, the 21st century to you know see more of uh, applications of ai Okay, what are the implications of Industry 4.0 and 5.0 for the banking sector? Perfect question. So, you know, I would say that, you know, uh, when we looked at four, uh, you know, from the Industry 2.0 to 3.0 to 4.0 today, in, in 4.0, what has happened is, you know, the, the people who are developing products have have to you know reduce middle people uh, in the whole journey so from a banking perspective what is happening is a lot of ai and uh, uh, ml are actually characterizing the uh, industry 4.0 uh, 
for the bank per se, they're able to do better and faster credit decisioning. Fraud prevention has been largely managed, uh, especially in uh, with the application of IoT and the blockchain. The entire system of control of uh, the finance stream is quite well managed now. So I also see that you know with the uh, application of the fifth wave, we will see that you know uh, the digital internet uh, will replace and um, you know kind of a, a neural architecture of the living brain will actually uh, be much more in terms of uh, you know uh, in terms of creation for for the you know uh, industry. Like for example, you know looking at climate change if weather prediction can be done much more uh, accurately banks will be able to focus how much amount of solar powered investment can generate returns and will the client be able to pay much more better way so these are kind of things that are actually uh, you know flocking the you know industry 4.0 and 5.0 in the coming and also we will see quantum computers taking a good uh, shake in the market Okay, how is AI used to meet the United Nations defined sustainable development goals? See, the idea of SDD is uh, there are 17 SDDs which uh, are required uh, by the entire uh, 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 entire ecosystem. Now, banks have adopted some few of them. One is, uh, and you will see that SDDs are uh, a main uh, contributor to the banking's reporting today. Uh, uh, the reason being, you know, banks predominantly play a bigger role in uh, in the sustainability part because if you see if banks are financing uh, pollution related industries the more the uh, investment in that area the more the pollution keeps growing it's very important that you know banks sustain themselves uh, sorry reclaim themselves from you know or, or discourage investment in uh, uh, in areas which are actually creating climate problems for example, uh, uh, you know that you know ATMs are the biggest uh, source of uh, energy sucker for the uh, bank. Now today they are using uh, algorithms like Swarm intelligence algorithm, which actually can predict which ATM is kind of profitable for the bank, or from which ATM we will have maximum pull out of money, and uh, if there's going to be uh, a dysfunctionality of an ATM, so quite good amount of intelligence can be bought out using AI and banks can drop those locations which are not fractile and in the process uh, save energy. Now another algorithms like uh, migratory birds optimization techniques which are a quite uh, good uh, algorithm to, uh, to you know, detect fraud detection. So this kind of uh, tools which AI is uh, using uh, to an extent it will help in reducing uh, you know uh, climate uh, uh, destructions and the negative part of this is, is when you look at it you know the use of AI is continuing to grow and uh, there's a major concern that the energy footprint that is generated by using a lot of powers for uh, the computers to manage AI related activities is going to consume a lot of energy so there are skepticism in the industry in terms of whether uh, artificial intelligence is having a slightly negative effect on the climate as well. 
So you highlighted recent advances in data science that have an influence on banking. Could you name a few and explain how these technologies may assist individuals choose their own area of interest for career development? See, uh, in, in terms of uh, the areas of data science, you know, the, there is a separate segment of data science, data engineering that is happening. For example, you have uh, NLP. Text mining is predominantly used by banks to identify the behavior or the sentiment of a customer when they're interacting with the call center. So it's kind of uh, being able to, you know, gauge in terms of whether the customer is happy, not happy, and it kinds of helps the bank to decide whether what kind of product to sell to him. There is predictive analytics, basically, you know, in terms of predicting uh, if the customer is going to be having a, uh, is having an attrition, a possible attrition of this customer. So you have, you know, kind of tools that are being done, uh, developed in the predictive analytics space. Uh, you have recommendations engines, uh, which are also being applied in the banking industries. You have deep learning in terms of, uh, 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 you know, use cases which are currently used in uh, banking today. Uh, you have prescriptive analytics that has been uh, discussed uh, in the banking domain. So these are kind of areas where largely, you know, uh, the young generation can look at specializing because that's the way, you know, the future looks like. All right. What are the most important skills for investment professionals in data science and other fintech jobs? Yeah, I think um, uh, one of the uh, uh, basic skills that requires for investment professionals to be in data science or the fintech areas is they need to have a, you know, problem solving mindset. That's very clear. Uh, there must be, uh, you should have a clear sense of business strategy. Uh, the communication skills and the quantitative analysis skills are very prime important for being in the investment professional area. With that, the technical skills like Python programming, R programming, uh, data visualization uh, tools like uh, Tableau or uh, you know, Microsoft BI, uh, you know, uh, SQL and the database architecture are some of the technical skills which are required parallelly uh, with the key skills that I talked about previously. All right, what distinguishes a data scientist from a data engineer or a data analyst? Data analyst is predominantly responsible for taking actionable uh, effect of the current scope of the company per se. Whereas a data engineer is kind of uh, developing a platform for that data analyst to work. Whereas, you know, in data scientists uh, in, in tandem is like kind of unearthing future insights from existing data. So he's got a much more, pro, you know, uh, role in the whole uh, system. And it helps companies to make uh, data-driven decisions. If you see, for example, uh, uh, data analysts has become more of uh, autonomous jobs today. They're, uh, they they need to skill upskill and they need to become a data engineer and they need to you know kind of uh, required more core competing knowledges like uh, 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 to become a data scientist. Okay, what is the difference between working in a tech firms that supports creativity and working in a bank as a data scientist? See, I've seen both sides uh, of the role, uh, being in a tech firm and as, as, a, as well as on, as a, on the bank side. See, in, in tech firms, uh, uh, they encourage a lot of innovation. That's, that's predominantly there. 
and uh, tech firms are a better working environment. It's not a you know five to uh, uh, sorry morning uh, nine to five job. And there's a lot of innovation and a lot of uh, you know activities that happen in a tech firm. Uh, in terms of uh, what's the best product or how to improve the product, you know, which is the best algorithm which can be recommended. You know, you, you work on different kind of image and speech models. Uh, you'll be able to, you know, kind of apply a lot of trends in terms of uh, uh, improving your products. But on the other side, uh, 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 in the bank, you, you see that you have a more stable job, uh, whereas you'll see that uh, in a bank, the environment is slightly different because we don't realize that uh, bank is one of the area where a huge amount of technology is being leveraged. It's one of the industry where maximum amount of technology is being uh, implemented today. Now, for example, you know, uh, you would see like uh, application like low latency trading, you know, you'll have like leveraging AI to form inform investment decisions. Or you know you are applying natural language processing to assessing the quality of your loan. So the the challenges are very huge. But only disadvantage what I see is maybe you may have a paid disparity between uh, a tech firm and a bank. Uh, challenges are equally there in both areas. Uh, I would say in banks you have more data to play with, more use cases to play with. And you, you see the results much more uh, robust than what you see in a tech firm. Okay, do they need to be a skilled programmer to be a data scientist? Uh, see, today uh, in the market, if you see, uh, you know, we look at data scientists with uh, diverse skill set, not just programming. Yeah, but programming is not an essential skill for data scientists, but doesn't mean that you need to be a diehard programmer. Uh, in, in, for a data scientist, it's very important to identify the business problem given a data set, and he needs to come up with different perspectives to build machine learning models and to kind of visualize and predict the outcome. And finally, he should be able to weave a story to convey the insights to stakeholders. Mm. So it's involving more of modeling skills, communication skills, uh, uh, high amount of business acumen. Uh, so it's it's not necessary that you need to be a skilled programmer, but yeah, you need to have uh, sufficient in, in amount of skills like Python or R uh, to go with to start with the career there. Okay, and do they need to be a statistic expert to get a job in data science? See, data science is all about uh, how uh, we can create efficiencies or you know, how can we uh, limit spending and increase revenues, for example, or how do you communicate more with your target audience? So these are all a set of questions from a statistical background. So it's very important that statistics is well understood so that uh, uh, data scientists can be, uh, you know, he can understand the uh, uh, nuances or the reality of uh, qualitative uh, or quantitative um, analytics part of it. All right. Should they take part in hackathons and will it help them to get a job? See, uh, uh, hackathons are obviously a career boost. You know, uh, it's only the way that, you know, uh, take a test and beginners, they can test their skills. 
and it's a fantastic learning opportunity. You know, it, it allows you to get out of your comfort zone and grow. Uh, for for uh, youngsters who are starting a career, it is a great place to get space smart management team and learn the team management dynamics. Uh, it also feels like uh, a great uh, uh, eye to different career choices. It also helps in, you know, kind of uh, intense networking with relevant people. And for some, it could be even a step towards entrepreneurship. You know, some of the best hackathons that happen in India are like, you know, Kaggle uh, uh, or TechGig or Machine Hack. So I think uh, hackathons are very good career boost opportunities. All right. How can they advance their career as a data science professional? Uh, see, uh, uh, in a data science job, it's be the, the the job is like you know you should be able to extract information from any given data, and it's a very 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 powerful position to be. And you know we've seen that you know uh, in data science the salary range uh, you know ranges anywhere between uh, a starting salary of five lakhs to go upward up to you know ten lakhs for a beginner, and uh, with an experienced hand you can go anywhere between. 20, 30 lakhs per month per year. So it's it's a it's a it's a option of getting high salary in this particular profession. And the most important part is like you know, uh, uh, this particular role doesn't have automation problems. So you will not lose job because of automation. Okay. Um, because you're creating automation, but you will not be <laughs> thrown out of automation. Okay. What are the tools they need to learn uh, to become a data science professional? See, so, uh, the, as I've been uh, talking some time back also on this area, see, uh, uh, one is you need to be able to manage or process large data sets. So you need to have uh, idea about database tools like SQL, and you need to have uh, expertise of or understanding of Hadoop structures. And uh, that's, that's one main area which you need to bring up if you're looking from uh, uh, the uh, uh, extraction part of point of view. You need to know the machine learning tools that are available, various libraries that are uh, presently available and being in use. Uh, uh, that's that's key part of it. Uh, you need to have a good understanding of uh, mathematics and statistics and uh, uh, tools like MATLAB and Python or uh, R is a good option for people to be in finance. MATLAB is kind of a lot of applications and a lot of usage in uh, the banking, especially in the European and American environment. MATLAB is in quite in good use. Of course, uh, uh, a master's degree in statistics or computer science with a PhD is a good choice to be there. Okay, how can they stand out to data science recruiters? Uh, see, uh, Building, you know, uh, projects in, in in the early stage is a great, uh, you know, way to put up uh, in your resume. Mm. You know, there are a lot of standard uh, projects that are available in the domain, uh, but you need to make it exclusively in terms of, like, for example, if you are coming up with a movie recommendation system project or a customer segment project that you have learned in your academic, you need to prove or you need to state uh, you know, how. The ML models can move into production environment. Uh, what are the key lessons learned from uh, the deep learning activity that you have done? 
some kind of data standardization and uh, raggling that you have done in the whole project. Now, this kind of uh, activities that you need to put up in your resume so that you know you stand out to data science recruiters. Okay, what are the top ten data science career trends to look out for in the next five years? Uh, I think uh, people are talking about uh, uh, data scientists is one major role that is being looked at, uh, but that's predominantly for uh, uh, people with uh, six to you know ten years of experience. But to start with, you can start as a machine learning engineer, or you can start as a, an application architect um, or an data architect in that areas uh, you know you need to be very focused on those areas like if you're wanting to be in application architect area you need to be focused there if you're looking to be into the enterprise architect side you need to skill set there uh, if you want to be in the business intelligence uh, side you need to you know uh, dwell there uh, of course if you want to be a statistician or you want to be a data analyst that is also one area that you can look at putting yourself there in the next five years all right praveen uh it's time to wind up this session thank you so much praveen for sharing your insights to our audience thank you listeners for spending your time here hope you all like it please like share and comment and don't forget to subscribe to our data professional stories a podcast powered by change leaders 